I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And we've got so many Mac reviews to get through, including not mine. Um, I, I didn't hit embargo, which is great this time around. Normally I get really, really paranoid, Tess, or I get really anxious that uh, because I write for print, a lot of the times we don't hit embargo, and I get really frustrated because I want to get my story out there with everyone else, but I have to normally wait a couple of days. This time around, I was so happy that I didn't have to hit embargo because the numbers I was seeing, the tests I was doing on my uh, the Macs that I have here were just so crazy that I thought I must have been doing the testing wrong. And uh, so did you need to consult a second source just to, to make sure you're, you're getting the right numbers? Well, yeah, but, but of course, when you're in embargo territory, no one talks to anyone. So you don't, you know, you're all by yourself. You don't know whether you're getting the right testing. So I, I was very happy to read about 700 reviews this morning on, on the new uh, Apple hardware. And yeah, a lot of, uh, th- there were even a couple of people who said the same thing that they were just like, I don't, surely the battery should be going down by now. But yep. So jumping into the, to the actual story, the Mac M1 reviews are out and it is faster all round. What, what I find really fascinating, Tess, is there is something called Rosetta, which is there to emulate Intel code on these new on this new hardware. And there is almost no performance hit when you're running old software that is not optimized for the new hardware, which is just unbelievable. So uh, it, translation. <laughs> Fair enough. That means that if the software that you run and use every day is you know out of the box from Apple or it is one of one of the apps that have already been updated, and that includes really big names like Slack and Chrome and the entire Microsoft Office fleet uh, has been updated. We're, wait- we're still waiting on um, a bunch of Adobe apps to be updated, but they will happen in the uh, early in the new year. Uh, so all of those, all of that software, you're going to see about three to four times faster improvements across the board and also better battery life. When it comes to the apps that haven't been updated yet, for instance, Photoshop, the, the current version is not updated yet. You're going to see the exact same performance that you had on Intel-based machines, which is really interesting because normally, you know, the last time Apple did this was when they actually moved to Intel back in 2005. And when that happened, uh, the apps that were running under Rosetta back then were so sluggish. They were barely usable, but, you know, Apple didn't have the kind of sway, the power that they have these days to be able to, you know, call up Adobe and Microsoft and say, hey, get your stuff um, working on this new platform. Any other takeaways or highlights or drawbacks you want to call out or do you want to save it for your review? Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll give it away here. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listener bonus. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, the machines do have crazy battery life. So for the MacBook Air, 
uh, I, I moved all of my stuff across to that and did a you know software update and a bunch of other stuff while it was plugged in. And then I unplugged it, and that was last Friday. Today, as you as we record this, it is Wednesday afternoon, and I've got just over thirty percent battery left. And I've been using that Mac every day uh, for standard kind of web browsing on the couch and things like that, and answering emails and all of that normal laptops type stuff. And it, it's remarkable the the battery just does not go down. That is uh, certainly impressive. And staying with Apple, uh, Epic Games is suing Apple in Australia. Uh, Epic is claiming that Apple's refusal to allow alternative payment options on its platform, such as the App Store, is a breach of Australian consumer law. Epic founder and CEO Tim Sweeney said in a statement, this is much bigger than Epic versus Apple. It goes to the heart of whether consumers and creators can do business together directly on mobile platforms or are forced to use monopoly channels against wishes and interests. And this comes as the games company is also suing Apple in the US. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how the ACCC responds to this. Yeah, and good on Tegan Jones for for this story. She has updated it with a quote from both the ACCC and Apple. And the ACCC have said that they're going to watch with great interest what happens in here and that the actions of Apple might be a great test for Section 46 of the Competition and Consumer Act, which prohibits companies misusing their market power. So yeah, again, as uh, as we've seen with Amazon, for instance, um, being taken to court in the EU, uh, it looks like there is room for Epic to take their battles overseas and maybe get a better hearing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the nuances in Australian law does actually serve them to them better than in the US. We'll just have to follow that one as it unfolds. Mm, yeah, and it, I mean, Australia does get better warranty services with uh, Apple because of our consumer protection laws. So we basically get two years for free uh, in terms of warranty services in Australia for Apple products, whereas they get uh, one year uh, in the States. So it can happen. And a bit more of a serious story now, uh, Lisa Vizenti at SMH has written that Facebook and Google are rejecting one in five data disclosure requests from the Australian law enforcement bodies amid rising concerns among security agencies about platforms adopting end-to-end encryption. The tech giants defended their data disclosure practices at a parliamentary inquiry on Tuesday, where they were also grilled about the adequacy of the measures to protect users from abusive content on their platforms. Both Google and Facebook said they rejected about 20% of data disclosures requests from Australian law enforcement agencies in 2019 on the grounds that the requests were too broad or had no legal basis. That doesn't sound like our government test to to just uh, Mm -hmm. demand data without really following through with any uh, good reason. Well, I assume the other 80% of data disclosure requests that presumably were granted uh, did actually meet some basis. It's, It's good to see these numbers from the representatives of Google and Facebook the I know in the US they do publish or they were publishing these mm. reports. It would be great to have localized versions of that that came out, just transparency reports really, about the number of requests they're getting and how many of those they are, you know, fulfilling. Yeah, actually, on that point, uh, Cameron Wilson uh, is a great writer for Gizmodo, and I follow him on on Twitter, and he mentioned that uh, Facebook has actually just taken down all of the information about. 
uh, how their data has been collected and used for the Australian federal elections, the last couple of elections, and also taking down any kind of transparency on, on how people are purchasing ads, uh, political ads, on their platform. I don't know if this is just because they're banning political ads in the lead-up to the Georgia elections in, in the US, and maybe that's accidentally you know, swept up in that, but uh, another thing to, to keep an eye out for. And now to lighter news, Twitter has launched disappearing fleets worldwide. So Twitter's fleets feature is rolling out to iOS and all Android users. Despite Twitter marketing fleets as disappearing tweets, they're really yet another version of the popular stories feature that you find on Instagram and other social media platforms. And this one's interesting to me because I sort of woke up and checked Twitter this morning. And thanks to Twitter's timeline algorithm, I actually saw jokes about fleets before <laughs> I knew what fleets were. Uh, so my initial thought was, oh, it's a new social media platform that is like having five five seconds of fame. Mm. Yeah, I, that is exactly how it rolled out for me as well. I, I Even though I use TweetBot, which shows uh, tweets in chronological order, Obviously, my friends got up and were making jokes before I had realised what had happened. And so, yeah, I saw this, the exact same thing, a whole bunch of people are dunking on fleets. It's always fun, I, I find, to watch companies launch a, a, a software service like this that is just so obviously a copy of something else like Instagram Stories or Snapchat. And then just they... they, they bend over backwards to pretend it's something that they came up with all by themselves. And, um, you know, the idea of fleets as written, the idea of tweets that disappear, I actually think is a kind of neat idea. Like if I could do that and just put expiries on all of my tweets, that'd be fun. But, um, yeah, to to have yet another goddamn stories interface, uh, I'm just so sick of stories everywhere you look. That also reminds me of... uh reels on instagram which is the sort of tiktok ripoff and every reels it's even hard to say that i i I watch on instagram it's always the person doing it looks really awkward like it's not as seamless or fun as as tiktok and i don't (laughs) know if that's the instagram is trying to transition to a a new platform or if it's the tools themselves that make it sort of clunky (laughs) i i haven't used instagram in months so i i'm completely out of the loop on all of these things. Well, they, yeah, that change we talked about last week did actually throw me off. I couldn't find the buttons uh, (laughs) once they moved uh, to put those uh, shopping tabs and things in. Have you bought anything? Not yet, no. Fair enough. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks for having me, Peter. And we'll speak to you guys tomorrow. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. 